What's your favorite scary movie? podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving if you celebrate that. Yeah. Um, so, this this week, uh, this week's kind of, we, we're doing things a little different. <laughs> it just so happens that, because usually, like, I've seen something, but Elle hasn't, but this time it's a switch because so we're doing the lodge, yeah. which Elle had seen and I hadn't. I'd been meaning to see it since I first heard about it and just finally like, finally did. It. I'm like, let's do it because we were looking for like winter horror to cover mm-hmm. uh, for December, and this is very very snowy and wintry. So <laughs> thought it would work out. Um, now, oh my god, my cat's chewing shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess my my general question for you is because you had seen this and were willing to watch it again yeah. so do, do you like this movie oh i was willing to watch it again like it's not the worst okay. movie i like i i just watched like the worst <laughs> movie this week so this was actually much more enjoyable oh, right. uh, i'll talk about that later but yeah Which i want i want to hear about that yeah yeah this one was um yeah it's not a bad movie at all i think it there's some improvements that could be done upon it but like overall it's it's pretty That's decent. <laughs> it's it's fine. Okay, well, I I think I hated it. <laughs> That's why I, that wasn't meant to be loaded. I was just like curious. So let's just get into it. So I should say, I mean, obviously, we always do spoil. We always talk about spoilers on here, but for this specifically, I feel the need to give a spoiler warning because yes. we're gonna get into it. Um, and like some trigger so warnings is- also. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. For would you like to say for what? Um, so like suicide happens in this film a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. So I would definitely and like gaslighting, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. That happens in here too. Those are the main the main ones. Um, there is an animal death, but it happens off screen and it's oh. pretty obviously kind of not the actual animal. So. Yeah, uh, literally the second I heard a dog barking, I re- I was like, does the die dog dog come? <laughs> like, fuck, fuck, why? God. I feel oh like- my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so, listeners, beware. Okay. Um, so the lodge is from last year, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. for, it says 2019, but I'm pretty sure it came into, into theaters at the beginning of this year, maybe. But anyways, yeah. so, it's, um... So the, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, how do I sum this up? <laughs> These, th- this dad, this shitty dad is taking his two ki- shitty kids to this uh, cabin so that they can get to know the girl that he wants to marry. And they've also just lost their mom, um, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first, okay, first off, okay. I have some good things to say about this, even though I just hated kind of, like, what this movie is saying in the end, I guess. Mm -hmm. But all the actors in this are... I love all of the actors in this. Yeah. Um, Even the kids were really good. I knew Jaden Martell, you know, he's Midnight Special. That's our our boy. (laughs) But the little girl in this was really good, too. But first of all, I just want to say Alicia Silverstone's only in this for, like, like eight minutes, and she's so good. Like, I knew exactly 
I knew what she was going to do because of, like, the desperation she was able to achieve just in her limited, limited screen time. Yeah. And, like, that's something. I... I, I want to see her in more shit. She's, she had like a brief appearance in like the Valley Girl remake wh- where she's playing. <laughs> it makes no sense because she's a '90s '90s teen and she was playing an '80s teen and I was like, hold on. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we're already on a tangent. But so uh, so the, the 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 dad leaves. This was the plan, I guess, leaving the. The kids alone for a few days with his with his girlfriend with his fiance just to get to know them better and shit starts happening. Um, she was from a cult group that all died. Oh yeah, that's important. So <laughs> that's important. Yeah, he found she, her. Yeah, she's um, the lone survivor. He found her. Oh yeah, it's fucked up the way they yeah. met. Um, <laughs> I oh dude suck. I oh, as always. They do. I love Richard Armitage. He plays that. He plays a doozy in this one. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, they don't give a lot of, like, context, but it's very clear that he's, like, a, he must be some kind of, like, writer or psychiatrist that writes about maybe cults or because she's the survivor of this death cult, very similar to Heaven's Gate, which we will talk Mm -hmm. about later. Um, Yes. And he left, I guess, left his wife for her, and, um, so the kids are, like, they, first of all, they don't like her, they, they think that... That it's her fault that spoilers that their mom died by suicide mm-hmm. and that, that uh-huh. this is their life now and they're also like afraid of her, which makes the rest of the movie make no sense to me. I just want to get down to it. Like, yeah. yeah. So here's where we're gonna get into spoilers, I guess, because so what they do is while the dad's gone, one night they all or one morning they all wake up from um like they all fell asleep in the living room together and power's out, their phones are dead. Like, they can't get anything working. Like, they're... <laughs> um, and also, all their stuff is gone. Every Like, everything's gone in the house. And so they're like, what's going on? She's freaking out. She needs her pills. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're for, but we assume it's for, like, the trauma she's l- living with. So, like, um... She also starts hearing her dad uh, all over, like... Her father was the oh, yeah. leader of the cult that she was in, and, like, his... He had, like, recordings, I guess, and he, she started hearing them yeah. all over the house. Um, and then... That's apparently Riley Keough's real dad, the actor. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That'd be freaky. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, he, that's not how he's, like, in real life, no. I don't think. They just, like, got him to play this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, basically, they, 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 the kids, they start to wonder... If they, like, died and are in purgatory. And, like, that's kind of the later half of the movie. And it, that turns out to not be true. And the kids were just fucking with her in the most elaborate way. Like, this is just way too elaborate for even the shittiest of kids to come up with. <laughs> and I just also don't understand why. I understand that people act stupid in horror movies. And that's why things happen in horror movies. But I just literally don't know why you would ever do this to someone with that past and that trauma like knowing that and like just trying to like rekindle that just because like you you're mad at her or something like yeah. for oh my god it, it just and then I think like we're supposed to like I was honestly rooting for her like I <laughs> and, like I wanted her to overcome all this shit that was happening to her because like it, they made it very clear that she 
wasn't happy about her past and was trying like she talks about like getting her dog and how like this is her new life and everything yeah so i was like i was like invested in her more than anything um i also just want to say because like there is a problem of like (laughs) i think of people thinking it's like edgy to say they hate kids or whatever (laughs) So I just I just need you to know that I think that's stupid, and especially like when people talk about Baba Duke, yeah, and like oh that kid sucks, and it's like no he's just being a kid, yeah, and you, um, but these kids are terrible. <laughs> they are literally <laughs> goblins, <laughs> like so that's the thing. I'm like, am I by this end? Because then when she so spoilers, she snaps basically. Mm-hmm. She snaps. She reverts back to the cult mentality of everything and becomes kind of like the antagonist, the villain, and we're supposed to like be scared for the kids and I'm just not because I'm like you literally did this I know your kids but if you were capable of coming up with all of this killing her dog gaslighting her for days and days to literally her losing her mind like yeah I don't I don't know what you expected I don't know if you have feelings on that like did you like that whole twist what not really no uh right it just seems so exploitative like this whole subject matter like yeah and then she was also off her medication as well, and that can really fuck with your mind. Yeah. Like, on top of that. Uh, and they frame her taking her medication as, like, something... She's literally hiding it from her fiancé. Like, why? He clearly knows about her past. Why does she feel the need to hide it? Like, all of her, her like, mental illness and her trauma is all framed as, like, something that's making her become a villain. Is what bothers me. Yeah. No? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. No, you're good. I actually kind of lost my train of thought there, so it's fine. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I was, like, literally thinking about this all day at work. Like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, like, rubbing my hands together. I think I, I think I fucking hated this. Yeah. And it, it's a bummer because, like, like I said, I love all the actors in this, and they're all, they're all putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's shot really beautifully. Like, they must have shot on location somewhere. Yeah. In this, like, isolated snowy cabin. Like, and, like, you can, the filmmakers are obviously very good at, like, building, like, directing tension. I just think the script is the problem. Yeah. Or just, like, the story, the idea. Like, it just really bothers me. There's... Because, like, in general, there's... The treatment of mental illness and horror needs to be fixed. And then bringing in the whole, like, cult into this as well, like... (laughs) Like, haven't... Mm. You and I both went to the Museum of Death. We saw the Heaven's Gate, like, shit. Like, Mm -hmm. that's... I don't... I feel like there's just some stuff that you don't want to use for shock value in a narrative. And yeah. I feel like this should be one of them. Yeah. Right? I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. just... that. That's why this doesn't sit well with me, I guess. I think if you wanted to take that route and you wanted to have that twist, the kids should have been the antagonists. Yeah. Like, full stop. There shouldn't have been... Because their moment of, oh, I think we went took this too far, comes way too late. <laughs> So late. <laughs> way too late. Way too late for me to care. Yeah. And so, like, I rarely say this, but fuck them kids. <laughs> so what I wanted to bring up, we were talking off mic, something that I think does a kind of twist of that better. So if you guys haven't seen Better Watch Out and you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening. But there's this movie called Better Watch Out. Where it's like this Christmas movie, this kid with his babysitter, and there's like a home invasion during it while the while the while the the teenage girl's babysitting him, um, and it turns out that the kid planned it all so <laughs> so that he could play hero for his babysitter that he's in love with, and he turns out to be this like demented little kid, oh my God. and it's like really fun and dark and campy, like it's a really fun movie. So like that, that's the kind of like tone or setting 
for something like this for me to like believe that a child is capable of that Mm -hmm. because that's like that's obviously not realistic yeah but this I feel like was struggling with that like I just once again I just don't believe it (laughs) (laughs) do not are you like maybe the teenage boy is but the little girl is like so in on it I should have known something was wrong with her when she's just like watching the thing and is so undisturbed because <laughs> I, like, I, I, uh, I believed in her innocence. Like, earlier she was talking about how she loves dogs, and then they're watching The Thing, and it's literally the scene... So, I mean The Thing, the movie. Not, yeah. I'm not, like, trying to be... Uh, Jake. <laughs> lazy. Yeah. I'm not trying to be lazy. They're, the, they're watching the movie, The Thing, and it's the part where all the dogs start, like, dying. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna mess up the little girl. Oh, no. And she's just sitting there. I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> that's uh. What a sad ending, too, man. What a fuck oh fucking God. messed up ending. Like for everybody. Like I feel like, they, yeah. Like I feel like they just made it to be like, wasn't that fucking, wasn't that fucked up? <laughs> like yeah, I guess. I, I I had to watch like Cobra Kai to calm down afterwards. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? And not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it. And, like, the other route this could have gone, I honestly kind of thought the idea of purgatory was interesting. I was like, we've kind of seen shit like this before, but at least it's interesting. It kind of reminded me, like, that whole aspect reminded me of the movie Rift, if you've seen that. I have not. That's a gay horror. We should do it sometime. Yeah. All right. I won't talk about it too much, but look at look into Rift. There's, there's everyone's homework for the day. Um... <laughs> So did you want to talk? We we've we've already kind of mentioned Heaven's Gate a little bit. Yeah. Um, but for those who don't know what that is, Ooh. it's one of the <laughs> one of the biggest uh, well-known cults that like happened back in the 1990s to the late late 90s. Um, it was founded in 1974 and led by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles, who actually lived past. Um, when, oh, spoilers, the entire group died. Uh, so, uh, a little bit of background, uh, Marshall Applewhite began his foray into public, uh, biblical prophecy in the early 1970s. Uh, he, this is new, after being fired from the University (laughs) of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas over an alleged relationship with one of his male students, he met Bonnie Nettles, a 40, hello, yeah, I know, (laughs) okay, uh, she was a married nurse with an interest in theosophy and biblical prophecy. Uh, and in March t- 1972 is when he met her. Uh, the two met in a hospital where she worked while he was visiting a sick friend there. Uh, there were rumors that it was a psychiatric hospital, but Nettles was substituting for another nurse working with premature babies in the nursery. Uh, Applewhite later recalled that he felt as though he had known Nettles for a long time and concluded they had met in a past life. She told him their meaning had been foretold to her by extraterrestrials, persuading him that he had a divine assignment. So eventually they began to dive into biblical prophecies. Uh, they focused on teachings about Christology, asceticism, and eschatology. Uh, he read, Applewhite read science fiction, including works by Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, their beliefs by June 19th had solidified into a basic outline. And they concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they'd been given higher level minds than other people. They wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as a Texan, 
a thinly veiled reference to Applewhite. Uh, furthermore, they concluded that they were two witnesses described in the Book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. They believed that they would be killed and then restored to life and, in view of others, transported onto a spaceship. Uh, this event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. Uh, to their dismay, these eyes were, ideas were poorly received by existing religious communities. Uh, eventually, Applewhite and Nettles resolved to contact extra extraterrestrials, and they sought like-minded followers. They published advertisements for meetings where they recruited disciples whom they called the crew. At these events, they purported to represent beings from another planet to the next level who sought participants for an experiment. They stated that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. In 1975, during a group meeting with 80 people in Joan Culpepper's Studio City home, they shared their simultaneous revelation that they had been told that they were the two witnesses written into the Bible story of the end time. They used a variety of aliases over the years, notably Bo and Peep and Do and T. The group had a variety of names prior to the adoption of the name Heaven's Gate, uh, and at the time the lay studied the group. Uh, it was known as Human Individual Metamorphosis, or HIM. The group reinvented and renamed itself several times and had a variety of recruitment methods. Applewhite believed he was directly related to Jesus, meaning he was an evolutionary kingdom level above human. All, all uppercase in that. Um, <laughs> indeed, Applewhite's writings, which combined aspects of millennialism, gnosticism, and science fiction, suggests to believe himself to be Jesus' successor and the present representative of Christ on Earth. Do and T taught during the religious movement's early beginnings that Doe's bodily vehicle was inhabited by the same alien spirit which belonged to Jesus. Likewise, T, Nettles, was presented as God the Father. The crew used numerous methods of recruitment as they toured the United States in destitution, proclaiming the gospel of higher-level metamorphosis, the deceit of humans by false god spirits, envelopment with sunlight from meditative healing, and the divinity of the UFO too. Uh, so, throughout the late 70s and early 80s, as their belief system developed around the cult of personalities, membership grew. Some sociologists uh, agree that the popular movement of alternative religious experience and individualism found in the collective spiritual experiences during that period helped contribute to the growth of the new religious movement. Uh, Shiliism, as it became known, was a way for people to merge their diverse religious backgrounds and coalesce around a shared, generalized faith, which new followers of... Religious sex, sex like uh, Applewhite's crew, found very appetizing alternative to traditional dogmas in Judaism, Catholicism, and evangelical Christianity. Uh, many of Applewhite and Nettles' crew hailed from very, very, very diverse backgrounds. Most of them are described by researchers as having been longtime truth seekers or spiritual hippies who had long since believed in attempting to find themselves through spiritual meanings, combining faith in a sort of cultural milieu well into the mid-80s. Uh, however, remarkably, many of these those same researchers note that not all of Applewhite's crew were hippies recruited from far-left alternative religious backgrounds. In fact, one such early recruit on was John Craig, a respected Republican running for the Colorado House of Representatives at the time of joining in 1975. As recruit numbers grew in its pre-internet days, the clan of UFO followers all seemed to have in common a need for communal belonging in an alternative path to higher existence without the constraints of institutionalized faith. 
why is it always somebody that's in power that gets into this whack shit? You know. You know, I... Uh, they actually had a fair amount of contemporary media coverage. They received it in Jacques, Jacques Vallée's book, Messengers of Deception, in 1979, in which Vallée described an unusual public meeting organi- organized by the group. Vallée frequently expressed concerns within the book about contacting group's authoritarian political and religious outlooks, and Heaven's Gate did not escape criticism. Known to the mainstream media, though largely ignored throughout the 1980s and 1990s, Heaven's Gate was better known in UFO circles, as well as through a series of academic studies by sociologist Robert Balch. In 1994, the LA Weekly ran an article on the group, then known as the Total Overcomers. Richard Ford, who would later play a key role in the 1997 group Suicide, discovered Heaven's Gate through this article and eventually joined them, renaming himself Rio D'Angelo. There was also a coast-to-coast AM host, Art Bell, who featured the theory of the companion object in the shadow of Hale Bop on several programs as early November 1996. Speculation has been raised as to whether his programs on the subject contributed to Heaven's Gate's group suicide months later. So in 1996, October, members of T's clan began renting a large home, which they called the Monastery. It was a 9,200-square-feet mansion located near Coalina Norte, uh, later changed to Paseo Victoria in Rancho Santa Fe, California. In the same month, the group purchased alien abduction insurance that would cover up to 50 members and would pay out $1 million per person. The policy covered abduction, impregnation, or death by aliens. I did not know that was real. <laughs> should take... Who is selling that? I don't know, but I should go buy some, man. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, on March 19th, to the 20th of the 1997, Marshall Applewhite taped himself on Doe's final exit, speaking of mass suicide and the only way to evacuate this Earth. After asserting that a spacecraft was trailing Comet Haley Bop and that this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate, Applewhite persuaded 38 followers to prepare for ritual suicide so their souls could board the supposed craft. Applewhite believed that after their deaths, an unidentified flying object would take their souls to another level of existence above human, which he described as being both physical and spiritual. Their preparations included each member's videotaping a farewell message. So, they took phenobarbital mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. They also secured plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to induce asphyxiation. They were all dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants, brand new black and white Nike decades, athletic shoes, and armband patches reading Heaven's Gate Away Team. Uh, in one, one of many instances of the group's use of Star Trek's uh, fictional universe's nomenclature. Don't pull Star Trek into this. I know, God. Each member had on their person a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. The $5 bill was to cover vacancy fines while members were out on jobs, while the quarters were to make phone calls. Once a member was dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head, followed by posing the body so that way it lay neatly on its own bed, with faces and torsos covered by a square purple cloth for privacy. The identical clothing was used as a uniform for the mass suicide to represent unity, while the shoes were chosen because the group got a good deal on them. <laughs> That's what it says! Oh my god. 
Uh, the 39 people, which were 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72, are believed to have died in three groups over three successive days, with remaining participants cleaning up after each prior group's deaths. Uh, they occurred in groups of 15, 15, and 9 between approximately March 22nd and March 26th. Among the dead was Thomas Nichols, brother of actress Nichelle Nichols, who was in Star Trek. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a horror. Leader. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, God. Leader Applewhite was third to last member to die. Two people remained after him and were the only ones who would be found without bags over their heads and not having purple cloths covering their top halves. Before the last of the suicides, similar sets of packages were sent to numerous Heavens, Gate-affiliated, or Forma-affiliated individuals, and at least one media outlet, the BBC department responsible for Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends, for which Heavens Gate had earlier declined participation. Among those on the list of recipients was Rio D'Angelo. The package he received on the evening of March 25th, as other packages sent, had contained two VHS videotapes, one with Doe's final exit and the other with the farewell messages of group followers. It also contained a letter stating that, among other things, we have exited our vehicles just as we entered them. Upon informing his boss on the contents of the packages, D'Angelo received a ride from him from Los Angeles to the Heaven's Gate home in Rancho Santa Fe so he could verify the letter. He found a back door purposely left unlocked to allow access and used a video camera to record what he found, which was, I believe, playing in the uh, Museum of Death in that one section that had was dedicated to the Heaven's Gate. After leaving the house, D'Angelo's boss, who had waited outside, encouraged him to make calls to authorities, alerting them to his discovery. Uh, the San Diego County Sheriff's Department received an anonymous tip through the 911 systems at 3.15 p.m. on March 26th suggesting they check on the welfare of the residents. Days after the suicide, this caller was revealed to be D'Angelo. The single deputy who first responded to the call entered the home through a side door, saw 10 bodies, and was nearly overcome by, like, the smell of it. Um, they were already de- decomposing in the hot California spring. After a cursory search by two deputies found no one alive, both retreated until a search warrant could be procured. Uh, all, three, all 39 bodies were ultimately cremated. So, the Heaven's Gate event was widely publicized in the media as an example of mass suicide. When news broke of it and the relation to Comet Haley-Bopp, the co-discoverer of the comet and Hale, Alan Hale, uh, was drawn into the story. His phone never stopped ringing the entire day. He did not respond to any calls until the day after when he spoke on the subject at a press conference, but only after researching the details of the incident. Uh, Dr. Hale... discussed the scientific significance and popular lore of comets and gave a personal account of his discovery. He then lambasted the combination of scientific illiteracy, willful delusions, a radio talk show's deception about an imaginary spacecraft following the comet, and a cult's bizarre yearnings for ascending to another level of existence that led to the Heaven's Gate mass suicide. He said that well before Heaven's Gate, he had told a colleague, we are probably going to have some suicides as a result of this comic. The sad part is I was not really surprised. Comets are lovely objects, but they don't have apocalyptic significance. We must use our own minds, our reason. News of the 39 deaths in Rancho Santa Fe motivated the copycat suicide of a 58-year-old man living near Marysville, California. He left a note dated March 27th, which said, I'm going on the spaceship with Hale Bob to be with those who have gone before me and imitated some of the details of the Heaven's Gate uh, mass suicide as they had been reported in the media up to that point. He was found dead by a friend on March 31st, uh, but had no no connection to Heaven's Gate. 
Uh, at least three former members of Heaven's Gate ultimately uh, died by suicide themselves in the months after the event. On March, on May 6, 1997, Wayne Cook and Chuck Humphrey attempted suicide in a hotel in a manner similar to that used by the group. Uh, Cook died and Humphrey survived. Another former member, James Perkins Jr., also died by suicide by a self-inflicted gunshot wound on May 11th. Um, Humphrey, who had survived his first attempt, ultimately did uh, pass away by suicide in Arizona in February of 1998. Two former members, Mark and Sarah King, in Phoenix, Arizona, still maintain the group's website, which now contains a large passage addressing the mass suicide and the reasons for it. Uh, they do not identify themselves in any interviews. So, I think this was the first group, like a cult, essentially, that that this happened, and that's why it was, like, such a big deal to everybody, because, like, no one had seen anything like this before, yeah. and it's been used, um, in, like, popular culture, and in television, and film, and music, and video games, and books, um, uh, there's literally, uh, they just, the Nike Decades, uh, discontinuation has been cited as reasons for, like, if anybody has any of these Nike Decades, they're, like, high dollar, super high dollar, they're, like, the freaking Spider, like the original first Spider-Man movie, like that had the twin towers reflected in the eyeglasses, in the posters, and then those got like stolen from theaters or taken down, and those go for like a lot of money on the internet if somebody has them. Uh, it was oh, Heaven's Gate was on the first live episode following the deaths of all thirty-nine people. Saturday Night Live aired a sketch where the cult members made to space. Oh it was God. followed by a commercial parody for Keds featuring the tagline worn by level-headed Christians, as well as footage of the Nike-clad corpses of the Heaven's Gate members. Uh, yeah, I remember there was, like, a Mr. Show sketch, too, that at the time I didn't understand, like, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But, dude, oh my God, doing, you said it was, like, right at, they, SNL did it, like, right after. Yeah. I just... And most recently, an American rapper named Little Uzi Vert's 2020 album, Eternal Otake, originally featured an album cover recreating the sex logo. Uh, it was changed after the remaining members of Heaven's Gate threatened him with copyright infringement litigation, though. So, that's great. God. Uh, now everyone listening, do y'all see why this movie made me so mad? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, it's really fucked up. I... Anyway, oh, I didn't even notice the the purple square like cloth that you bend in. That's literally in yeah. the lodge. It's just like diagonal. It's a diamond instead. Like this is very clearly supposed to be heaven's. Gate. Yeah, it's mentioned in it the. Just pisses thing. me off. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I want to take this cast and do a different movie. They deserve so much better. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. There's also a uh, documentary about Heaven's Gate on HBO Max that yeah. came out, like, a few days ago. So, apparently, it, yeah. it delves into it. Um, I haven't seen it, yeah, so... I don't know if I have the strength. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, it popped up on my feed last night. I was like, ooh, maybe not right now. <laughs> not now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. I Thank God this movie's not have... gay. <laughs> but okay perfect segue okay but it's no it's it's not it's not but it is the origin of richard armitage butch queen yeah. because... 
Oh fuck, I was gonna have the post already. Oh my god. Wait, no. <laughs> let, let me explain. So there was this Tumblr post talking about Sundance, because this this movie was at Sundance. Um and <laughs> it's best if I just read it aloud. Okay. So <laughs> Tumblr.com is a great website, first of all. <laughs> Um, okay, here we go. So, so, this is from Train Thief on Tumblr.com. My favorite time of year is when all the celebrities come to Utah for Sundance, and they try to granola the, granola themselves up to fit in. I especially love the ones who wear a brand spanking new cowboy hat, which their many stylists should have worn them, always clashes with an I'm wearing a cowboy hat and I can't stop thinking about it, and I'm pretty sure I'm pu not pulling this off expression. Anyway, what I wanted to say is What's-His-Face came a while ago and tried to mask it up with a lumberjack flannel, and the picture Pictures always make me laugh, so I tried to find them again, and I absentmindedly googled Richard Armitage Butch Queen. <laughs> <laughs> you scroll down, and it's just him looking so awkward in this flannel <laughs> at Sundance to promote the launch. <laughs> and I think about it all the time. And just the phrase Richard Armitage Butch Queen makes me die. <laughs> Um, I also would die for this man. I let it be known. I am so happy for him. Like, there was this interview, I think, from earlier this year where, like, he didn't, like... He's still not very... He's still not being explicit or open about, like, his sexual orientation or anything, but he kind of, like... The guy that was interviewing him for this was also gay, and I think he felt, like, safer with him. And he just, like, just kind of, like, let it slide. He's like, you know, I'm happy now. I'm happy. I couldn't... <laughs> And, like, apparently, like, he felt pressure about, like, being open, like, when his parents were alive, which actually makes me really sad. Yeah. But now they're gone, and he's kind of just, like, and he's, you know, he's middle-aged, and he's just like, well, you know, I'm doing all right. And I'm just, like, so happy for him. For, but also, Richard Armitage, which queen makes me <laughs> insane. Um, so we, we at least have this movie to thank for that. <laughs> and for Riley Keough in very cool sweaters. Yes. And sometimes that's all you need, even if it the movie itself makes you angry. Yeah. <laughs> so. I hope he ever finds that post or just, like, the words Richard Armitage, Butch Queen, and, like, laughs out loud about it. Oh, he's, he's, he's never gonna find it. <laughs> he's barely, barely online. Oh, man. And I appreciate that. And <laughs> we appreciate the celebrities that aren't on social media. Truly, at this point, I appreciate the celebs I stand that, like, that really just come on to promote their shit and then leave. I'm like, because they're not going to say anything stupid. <laughs> not that I don't think Richard would, but, <laughs> you know. Or they created a social media account and then it fucking abandoned it, like, five days later. Those are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see how long Simon Pegg's Instagram lasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His Twitter got taken over by someone else, I think. He used to run it himself, but then it was just like... he did. Oh, yeah, he, he hasn't run it for years, but he just got a, an Instagram. Mm. See how that goes. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Any final thoughts on The Lodge? Should people uh, watch it, or...? I mean, some people, like, really liked it, I've, I'm noticing. People either love it or hate it. It's one of those... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's just no. It might, it might make you angry, or at least, even if you disagree, I, I at least ask you to like hear why. Yeah. I like. 
why I'm saying this, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to come from a good place here, and I'm trying not to gatekeep horror too much, and, like, but, yeah, like that's it. all. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Definitely. It's Catcher in the Rye, you either you love it or you hate it. And high school bring catcher on the rye into this that was the first thought that i had when you said love it or like people either loved it or they hated it and i'm like that sounds like when our teacher said in high school <laughs> catcher in the rye oh. so but no yeah i'm gonna read catcher in the rye and watch this movie again so i don't really have any other opinions about it um but i would love to see this cast in another horror movie that's better because uh, they deserved better <laughs> I kind of should I have you seen Goodnight Mommy? This is yes. the filmmakers also made this. Like maybe I'll like that better because I liked their like style and everything. Oh, that movie's but, so yeah. fucking yeah. wild. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll I like that, that one okay. much okay. better. So okay, so maybe I'll do that. Yeah, maybe. what I should have done in the first place. <laughs> okay, so we you can wind down if you want. I need to wind down after talking about the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> um. I finished <clears throat> Werewolf by the Warrens. Um, Ooh. Very mixed reviews on Goodreads. I don't know whether to believe it or not, but it is a fun read, so I was like, fuck it. You know, this guy, like, this guy thinks he's turning into a werewolf. Not, like, literally turning into a werewolf, but, like, dealing with shit and going from there. Uh, and now I'm about to read uh, Misery by Stephen King. Uh <laughs> I haven't read it before, so I've only ever seen the movie. So we'll see how that goes. My dad's like, when you finish it, let me read it. I haven't read it. I want to read it. Um, as far... It's a good winter read, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's a good way to get into the holiday spirit. Uh, <laughs> I watched, like, I've watched, like, one movie <laughs> in this entire time between The Lodge and uh, Home Sweet Home. Uh, it was the original uh, The Grudge, John Un. Um, oh, what the fuck is that movie? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's so, uh, it's because like, you know, it's, it's originally, uh, from Japan. So it's, it's probably better than the remake that was made in America. Um, yeah, I turned off the remake. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was definitely creepy. Um, though I do wish I had looked up. Uh, on does the dog die for the grudge because right as I saw oh, animal no. death implied animal death happened right on the screen and of course it was with a cat so I was like thanks Aww. thanks guys but it was kind it was kind of creepy um and it was almost told in like sections but like all of this all of like each narrative of the section like connected to one another uh, kind of like trick-or-treat but uh, told more chronologically I guess um, I don't know. It was, it was good, I guess. I <laughs> One day I'll probably watch the American remake just to be like, oh God, <laughs> how does this compare? Um, <laughs> and then I tried to watch The Farm, which was two years ago. Okay, what is this? I've never even heard of it. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> like, the premise sounds so cool, but like, it, it, the execution was not quite, um... So these, this couple stops at this, uh, like, little cabin resort on their way home, like a little, like, cabin in the woods situation, but it was, it's like a little motel mm -hmm. of cabins, uh, and then they wake up to find themselves in, like, these cages 
uh, with these people, they're wearing, like, masks, like, animal masks, so, like, I was, like, oh, you're next, next, uh, like, there's, like, lambs and horses and shit, and, um, it's, it's kind of fucked up, man, um, because they're basically, like, cannibals, except they're serving the meat that they use from the people that they capture, uh, to un- will unknowing uh parties like this guy that i think helps run it was like hey we'll cater your next party for free because they found a tooth in one of their like foods uh i was like what the fuck okay and um i'd be like no thanks no thank you um there is a scene in here where the main girl uh is forcibly impregnated um like they have her up in the stirrups and like put something in her uh oh because then they put the women in cages so that way when they're pregnant and like they're like developing breast milk and then they're like milking them like literally have like these suction cups to their chest there is a child death it is shown on screen um it is a baby so like they just do it to them over and over again and then when you no longer have kids you become part of the meat department they call them the dairy the, like the from our dairy farm for the women um and the men are basically just the meat section that's <laughs> it and like the this sounds so bad it's i truly like i didn't know because i saw like a video like somebody was like sick and twisted movies and i was just like okay let's see what this does um but- <laughs> I I worry sometimes about the horror community and, like, what they enjoy watching. (laughs) And it wasn't even, like, it was these long, drawn-out shots that were just fucking taking me out. And it took, like, a half hour before it even kicked into gear of this happening. Because, like, the first... And they got revenge on these people because, like... This is is basically like if PETA made a horror film. Because they got revenge on this couple. Stop! (laughs) Because they went, they stopped by a diner before they stopped at this cabin place. And they ordered hamburgers. And then the people, like the person that was sitting, one of the people at the counter, was watching them. And they followed them. And that's why they abducted them, is because they ate meat at the diner. uh, And decided. Oh my god. Yeah, just take them out. And I was like. (laughs) The fuck? Like they're kept in like these dog cages and shit and put into barns like the men are stripped naked and it's not even a fun time so so don't watch this movie no do not watch this film i like if i couldn't even sit through it like i got maybe to 45 minutes and i was like i can't fucking do this anymore like i just it's so how did you even get to this tubi tubi I just looked it up and it said watch on Tubi and that's it. And I'm like, thank God no other site has this because I'd ring them a second one if they did. Uh, oh my God. No, it's like, well, it's just, it's, no. 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 <laughs> it's just no. Don't do it. You, I would rather you watch The Grudge because that, that at least had shit going on throughout the entire film. And it was enjoyable. So... That's what I've been oh up God. to. What have you been up to? <laughs> well, I haven't watched anything like The Farm. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh, speaking of, you're next, but you're wearing watched... the sweatshirt, the, the jacket. 
I am. Oh yeah. yeah. No, one, no one, no one can see that, but yes, I am. <laughs> well, I did watch Super Intelligence. That's something. <laughs> the new. Well, I will watch Melissa McCarthy in literally anything. So this is nothing new. Oh, and I rewatched. Can you ever forgive me? Ah. If if you haven't seen that, go run. Like it's so fucking good. Go. Where she plays Leah Israel. The yes. She like um. She's, she was this biographer who just couldn't make ends meet because no one wanted to buy her shit anymore. And so she started forging letters of, like, famous literary icons mm-hmm. and selling them to, to dealers. And she's so good at it. She is. <laughs> the way that she <laughs> I also watched all the Grinch movies for some reason. <laughs> and rewatched The Black Cat with Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi because... Ooh. Oh, so this is my big thing. So I've been reading... L, you can see this, but no one can see yeah. this, this book. Ha! It's called Monster- Monsters in the Closet, Homosexuality in the Horror Film. Yes. yes. Because I want to be able to do what I do on here better. This is like, this is by Harry M. Benchoff. It's basic, it's like almost, it reads like a textbook, but in a good way. Like, I'm learning so much shit here. This guy yeah. goes back to horror from its roots. And like. Even when he talks about the 30s, to start with, goes way beyond just James Whale. Yeah. And it's just, like, his, like, the relationship of horror and how queerness is usually, like, like demonized and everything from the get-go and, like, how that evolved with the times. And he always relates it to, like, to queer history. Like, he gives a lot of, like, context of, of history of what was going on at the time. And so, like, and so why horror and treatment of the monster evolved into that like i'm only in like the 60s and it's so fucking good i'm almost sad that this was written in the 90s because that's where it's gonna end yeah um, because because since the 90s queer horror has really evolved yeah even in the past like couple years but it's i really if you listen to this show and want to hear someone who's way smarter than us talk <laughs> about that kind of shit yeah because i really just wanted to be able to like have better discussions about you know our third portion of this i always feel like sometimes i'm like uh, they're just yay or nay and sometimes <laughs> it's like no you can find shit because like example so i rewatched the black cat which i don't know have you seen that oh was that the shit that sounds familiar i've probably seen it's stuff like, about it it's like boris karloff's this like satanist who like during the war he was in the war with bella lugosi ah. And Bella Lugosi gets gets uh, is a prisoner of war, and so meanwhile he like steals his wife and daughter, and the wife dies, and he like marries his daughter. All this weird shit. But basically, like 15 years later, he finally is released, and he's like, ah, where's my wife? Um, <laughs> like, meanwhile, there's this couple there because, as this book points out, there always has to be the straight couple uh, yes. to even things out. Yes. But like. But the the portion of this that he's talking about is like the sadomasochism relationship between Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff in their movies, and I'm like, hello, <laughs> I I guess I'm gonna keep reading this. Hello, it's just shit you would not think about, and then you read it and you're like, oh my god, um, it's great. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's it's fascinating. <laughs> I have to get this book. Oh yeah, that's uh that's what I've been up to. Hell yeah. That's yeah. Sad. Uh well, we hope to have more winter fun for you in our next episode. Uh I'll try to post the Richard Armitage Butch Queen <laughs> so y'all can tell. It's the funniest. Oh my god. God bless Richard Armitage yeah. the Butch Queen.
lesson. So you can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. And you can find me at LM Designs on Twitter and at Horror Time Pod and on Facebook at Stop Horror Time Pod. Uh, if you like what we do and you know somebody that wants to know more about horror without watching it, we're pretty good for that as well. Um, and so it's, have, it's the last month of 2020, thank God. Uh, Woo! <laughs> so keep staying safe out there. Uh, we'll yeah. be back in a couple of weeks. On, we're going to release our next one on Christmas Eve, so we'll definitely have an Xmas horror movie hey. for you. Uh, hopefully one will actually really enjoy this time. <laughs> But until then, uh, stay safe, and we will see you guys then. Bye. Bye.